Okay, uh, you know, Corey Ten Boone, y'all know who she is. Everybody should read her books if you haven't. But she said one time when somebody gives her a compliment, she grac graciously receives it. So I want to graciously receive your thankfulness towards us and being nice to us. Uh, and she says at the end of the day, it's like she gives these roses to the Lord, gives all the compliments to the Lord. And so I was talking, to, actually talking to the Lord about that recently and trying to think of another picture of what I could give the Lord because, you know, I'm not into roses. You know, that's not how I see life. It's, somebody said I should give the golf balls to the Lord. <laughs> but I'm thinking that ain't really a good picture. Maybe a golf club, right? <laughs> Give your best golf club to the Lord. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah, that would be a terrible sacrifice. But <laughs> yeah, Lord, we give our best golf clubs to you. Please let us have them back and <laughs> and put some anointing from heaven on them that we can be better golfers. <laughs> but I really sincerely thank you for, for your kindness, and I'm not feeling like we deserve it. But but Amen, right? Yeah, amen. Amen. Well, the worship was really good. And I'm really feeling awkward standing up here, but that's all right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this to bail myself out, okay? <laughs> um, I want to talk to you this morning about prayer. I talked to you last week about prayer, if you remember. And the reason I'm talking about prayer is because the Lord has been talking to me about my praying. And because I believe we're in a different season, like they were singing this, it's time for a new song. And I believe it's time for new prayers. Um, and God, uh, the prayers that we've had in the past were great prayers for that time. But now God wants to, to bring us into a, a elevate. He wants to elevate our prayers. And I was thinking about this. I gave you this acronym, which I'm not big into. But the more I think about it, the better I like it. For prayer, it's the acronym ACTS. A stands for adoration. C stands for conversation. I changed that from, I don't know who came up with this, but they had confession, but I think conversation is better. T is thanksgiving, and S equals supplication. That's making your request known to God. And so I think that's a really a, a, an awesome way to look at prayer because, you know, it, you know, it begins with adoration, uh, and, and then we have some conversation, then we have some thanksgiving, and then we have some requests. Uh, and I think that's what God wants to do is engage us in prayer. Let me read this statement to you. Uh, why prayer? Okay, we exist as a church to do things that we cannot do without the special supernatural anointing and grace of the Holy Spirit. That's why prayer. Because we exist as a church not to do what you can do in the natural. We exist to be able to do something that's impossible. Something that's in humanly impossible is what God's called us to do. And therefore, we need prayer. And prayer is the ultimate uh, manifestation that you are depending on something greater than yourself. You're depending on something bigger than you. And you're humbling yourself to God for that help that you need to accomplish the things that he's put in you. And the things that he's asked us to do. That's what really, that's why prayer is such a beautiful thing for the church. And I feel like the Lord wants us to get prayer back away from the, what they call the discipline of prayer. I feel in my heart it's not a discipline. It's 
he wants to bring it into the realm of relationship. You know, spiritual disciplines are not bad in themselves, but if that's all there, if if all prayer is a spiritual discipline, then we've missed the whole point of prayer. Prayer is about relationship. Prayer is about partnering with God. And prayer is about discovering the heart of God and what God's heart is to do and finding out how we play a part in what His heart is. That's what prayer really is. And and so it's, it's, it's a partnership. It, it should be something that really... It brings happiness and joy to our life. That, in fact, Jesus said, uh, you know, in John 16, that the purpose of prayer, thank you, the purpose of prayer, one of the purposes of prayer is that we could have joy. That's what he said. That's, that's John uh, 16, 24. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. You know, I believe the Lord is something... The Lord's been speaking to me about joy recently. And that God says to, to us is, I want my people to be joyful people. I want my people to have joy again. I want my people to have joy again. And it's time, it's a season of joy being released from heaven in a fresh way. You know, the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom is all about. And joy and peace and righteousness are all inward things. They're not outward things. They're inward things, but they affect you on the outside. They affect the way you look at life. They affect the way you look at the world. And Jesus, and the Bible tells us this. In, in your presence of John 16, or no, Psalm 16. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. That's what David declared in Psalm 16. And so the way prayer is, prayer is like a partnership. Prayer is coming. It's one of the greatest ways for us to come into the presence of God. Is to engage the presence of God. So there's like this two-fold thing I believe that God wants to release. It's one, he wants us to engage him in prayer. Engage the presence of God. And that, that in itself is the fullness of joy. And then as he begins to reveal his heart, we pray his heart. And God answers the, the prayers that we pray and releases more joy back to us. And see, God's looking for joyful people. And the way he's going to do that is help us to be joyful people. By his presence and by answers to prayer. Isn't it amazing that Jesus said in, Matthew, I think it's Matthew 7, he said, ask and you'll receive. Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. Yes. That's what Jesus said. Jesus encouraged. In fact, Jesus is one of the greatest uh, examples of prayer that we have. I mean, his life was a life of prayer. He was always praying. He's always getting with God. And so he, he tried to illustrate that. And he even answered the questions that the disciples had about prayer. Because people have questions about prayer. People want to, and, and I'm sure what they saw in Jesus, they saw the prayer that he was bringing forth. It was not the prayers that they had heard all their life. Okay? It wasn't the prayers that they heard in the temple growing up. Right? It wasn't the prayers that they saw that people, you know, that, that hang on the, the Pharisees thing, you know, that prayer box that they have. That was not what they were seeing. They were seeing something different. They And, and so he wants to release that to us. He wants us to come into to the prayer that he had and the way what he meant prayer to be for the believers. And so I believe, you know, as we are in a new season and God is shifting the season, he wants to shift the way we pray. He, the way we pray, he wants to shift the way we see prayer. Are y'all good? I love that what James said over there in James 4.2. He says, you don't have because you don't ask. 
reminding us, here's a possible way to say that. If you just asked, God would have acted to meet your need. If you would just have asked. You see, sometimes we're not asking. Okay? And James says, and sometimes you're asking wrongly because you're consumed with self. But there's a way to pray where God will answer your prayers because God wants to answer prayers. I believe we're in that moment where God wants to answer prayers. Why? Because God wants you to be joyful. And God is going to give you prayers that he'll answer. And hopefully, Lord, don't let me fall down. <laughs> let me just read this famous prayer, which is a good prayer for the world today. And I love this. Be anxious for nothing. Note what it said, nothing. I mean, come on. That's what it says. See, this is extravagant. It's saying nothing. You know, it is saying nothing. That's what it says. Don't be worried about nothing. It says nothing. I mean, I want us to get this nothing. Nothing. Don't be worried about nothing. That's what the Bible says. Don't. But in everything, 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 God didn't put a limit on us to fight prayer. Your little toe may be hurting this morning and you think it's going to fall off. He's saying, don't be anxious. Pray about that little toe. You see, God has taken the limits off prayer. The Bible has opened the door wide open. For us to come in and approach God about everything. There's not a thing on this earth that he doesn't want you to, to approach him about. And I have found this in my own life. is when I have an anxious situation in my life. And I have a, a situation that I'm, that's bothering me. That's irritating me. That if I will truly do what this verse says. It truly works. It truly happens. But when I don't do it. It doesn't happen. But it says... I'm going to head myself because I'm telling you everything. <laughs> telling you the results. By everything, by prayer. Notice he said prayer and supplication. Isn't that interesting? You'd think, well, dude, get you, you know, what's to do? You're trying to. Prayer, you know, the acronym, by prayer, I would say by prayer, that prayer part would be the, the adoration and the conversation. And then supplication is the. In thing, and he mentions with thanksgiving. See, that kind of embodies all that in prayer. Y'all, y'all see that. And so, let your requests be made known to God in the peace of God, not just the peace of the world, not just the absence of conflict, was what the world says. Because God doesn't promise the absence of conflict, but He does promise a peace that's remarkable. The peace which passes all understanding. This is what his peace is about. Every good Hebrew knows what God's peace means. It means wholeness. That's the peace that they're talking about there. Because Jesus said, I give you my peace. I give you wholeness. Wholeness in your life. Wholeness in your thinking. Wholeness in what you do. Wholeness about the situation that you're facing. And that's really what God wants to release to people. And, And God is not looking for an anxious church right now. God's not looking for a church that's worried about terrorism. He's really not. He's not looking for that from us. The world is doing that. The world is afraid of that. Fear is normal. Worry is normal. But that's not what we're talking about. That's not what prayer is about. It's about something supernatural. You see, God is looking for a people to come into the supernatural realm here. You know, we're all going to be scared about it. We're all going to be nervous about it. But when we are, we've got to realize that's being natural. God's called us into something more than natural. He's called us into the supernatural. Listen, let me tell you something. 
Okay? Here's what you're going to have to do, some of you. You're going to have to quit listening to some things. Okay? I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Some of you are consumed by what the news says. You know, 10 years ago, Bob Jones said there's a mighty prophet uprising in the earth. And he'll be the mightiest prophet who's ever risen in the earth. And he said, it's the news. And it's going to destroy the people of God if they let it. The media. So, a lot of you are listening to, you know, what uh, Revelation 12 says is when the devil spews his mouth, spews this thing out of his mouth to try to get the people of God. And, and people are drowning in it. Uh, what was the guy said this morning? He said, there's a mighty river. Well, what was that guy? Whatever his name is. What's his name? Womack, a mighty river oh, yeah. of this culture that's overcoming people. And God, that ain't really what God has for us. Is that right? Amen. So I think really what I'm trying to encourage you by prayer with supplication, make your request known to God with thanksgiving. And that releases the peace. See, this is what the scripture says here. And I think one thing about thankfulness is this, and I'm thankful that Thanksgiving is this week, but it's a mark of humility. Because in being thankful, you're saying everything you have and everything you need comes from God. And really, God really is interested in humility right now. And I think humility is a mark of humility in a person's life, is they're thankful. They're thankful for what they have. They're thankful for what they're at. When they're praying, they're asking God, they're believing God, God's going to do something. And they're thankful that he's going to do it. They're thankful that, that they have what they have. And so I want to encourage you in, with your problems and your situations. Here's what I've found. Is many times when I feel anxious, I've got to go talk to somebody. Or I have a situation I've got to face and I don't, don't know what to do. And it's, it's difficult. Is I pray, I begin to pray and I begin to, to worship the Lord. And begin to thank the Lord that he's going to show me what to do. I'm not hiding the fact that there's a problem. I tell him, there's a problem here. I don't know what to do. And, and I don't want to have to talk to this person. I don't want to have to deal with this thing, Lord. I, I'm nervous about it because I, I don't have the answers. I, I have the conversation with him about how I'm feeling. I work through those feelings. I, I'm truthful with God. I'm not trying to act like some kind of religious idiot and say a bunch of stuff that God has no interest in hearing. He wants truth from you. And once you begin to do that, then something begins to happen spiritually. And something begins to take place in, in the heart. And guess, and lo and behold, God begins to release you wisdom for the thing. Wisdom. And God, lo and behold, God goes in front of you and begins to work on your behalf. And the time you show up at the place, God has done his part. And so I think that's, that's one of the things I've seen. Anyway, y'all good. Am I right up here on the stage? I haven't fell off yet, right? I hurry up here. But really, this is what I just sort of said there. I wanted to tell you Psalm 81.10. The Lord brought this, reminded me of this scripture here two or three times recently. It says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Listen, open your, wide, your mouth wide and I will fill it. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And if you have, I'm a, I got a lot of good uh, revelation on this scripture, okay? And this is why. When I was first believing that God called me to be a pastor. I was having the face to fact that pastors, many pastors, do what I'm doing right now. Okay? They get in front of people and they talk. That was not something I particularly wanted to do. 
because my natural inclination is not to do that. I'm pretty not, not I don't need to do that. That's not a need in my, I'm kind of, a, kind of a shy person, actually. Plus, I didn't really feel like I had anything to say. I didn't feel like, why would I do this? Because I don't really have anything to say. There's lots of people out there that have good stuff to say, Lord. Why? And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, if you open your mouth, I'll fill it. If you open your mouth, I'll fill it. Well, you know, I can honestly say the Lord's done that. You know, I had to learn how to let him fill my mouth instead of me filling it with my own thoughts. I had to learn how to work with God on him filling my mouth. You know, there was a, it was a process. You know, you had to grow in it. I'm still learning. You know, because God's got new things he wants to put in all of our mouths right now. Um, but, well, probably not recently. Probably the last two years of my life, I went through this battle in my mind about my end. Okay, that one day this is going to end. And I'm trying to figure it out. How is this going to end? When is this going to end? And how's that all going to look? I don't know if anybody else thinks like that, but I've been thinking that way. And one day the Lord finally spoke to me after two years of me trying to figure it out. And this is what he said to me. He said, when I stop filling your mouth, that's when it's done. And that was, and when he said it, I knew what he was talking about because that's how he got me into it. You know? It's, and you know what was so cool? We were at a meeting with some People who do worship, and Seth Snyder was there. You know, he sings with the worship team some, and he's standing back there against the wall. And he said, I'm, I didn't ask him. I, I'm just saying this on his behalf. He was talking about when he was in Australia. Every Monday, he would lead worship on Monday morning at a YWAM base. And he was talking about how difficult that could be to wake up and feel as empty and not feel like you had anything. And he said, the Lord just told him, all he needs to do is open his mouth and move his arm. <laughs> and God would show up. Open your mouth and move your arm. And God would, because he plays a guitar. Well, the Lord didn't say anything to me about moving my arm, you know. If he did, that'd be a, it'd be a miracle. <laughs> he said that. Well, here's what I think about opening your mouth when it concerns prayer is, here's a prayer. Lord, I need X amount of dollars to have all my needs met and a few golf games thrown in. <laughs> Every month, I need that. That is a very closed-mouth prayer. Here's a better prayer. Lord, I need all my needs met, and I need to be able to play golf as much as I want to. <laughs> I'm not going to be trying to be all spiritual here. Actually, it's this, Lord, I need my needs met, and I need an abundance of money to help meet other people's needs. Now, that's a wide open prayer. And see, here's what, here's a shift that God's been telling me. He's, this is how he began it. And I think I shared some of this with you. Is I got tired of living on the edge with the church's finances. I got tired of it. Every week, every month, I felt like I was going to fall over the edge at any moment because it just wasn't, you know, it was just on the edge. And I got sick of it. 
And I kept saying, well, I need a different way to pray. I need something different. I need more money. I need, I need, I need, I need. And one day the Lord said, why don't you start praying like this? I was reading the, the miracle of the 5,000. Why don't you thank me for what you get? Why don't you do that and ask me to bless and multiply? Why don't you just, just start doing that? And so I just shifted my whole strategy. I quit complaining to God about how much I didn't have. I started being thankful for what we did have and asking God to bless it and multiply. And I'm going to tell you something. The Lord started shifting things. And uh, so bad, so, so every time Heather would send me this text to tell me, I would send her this little text. Thank you, Lord. Bless and multiply it. And she said, are you copying that? Because <laughs> I said the same thing every week. I would just That would be my response. Lord, thank you. If it was great, thank you. If it was not great, thank you. And so God began to... Speak to me about my prayer life. And he, this is what he began to show me in my prayers. You're not, you need to begin to pray big in your life. Amen. I think we're in a time when God wants us to start praying big. Yeah. He said if you would open your mouth, he would fill it. That's what he said. You open your mouth. If we open our mouth just to get our needs met, that's a small opening. But if you'll begin to open your mouth more, God wants to fill it. See, God wants to do some things. He wants to use some people to do some things. And he's asking us to open our mouths wide so he can fill it. This is what, oh, let me just tell you this. I wanted to warn you about this kind of thinking. This, if you start thinking this way, if you start doing this, you're going to get stretched by the Lord. Okay? Because God is going to put you in situations and, and circumstances that are going to come into your life that are big. They're going to be impossible for you. And you're not going to be able to do it. Okay? You're not going to have the resources to do what he's asked you to do. I want everybody in the room to get this. If you can do everything, if your prayers meet all the things that you're doing in your life, you've got a very low-level life you're living. You need to be praying for stuff that you can't do. You need to be asking God to do the impossible that's going to take him to do it. Now that's that's a big prayer. Is your but it'll stretch you. It'll 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 uh, it'll scare you. It will confound you because you'll begin to have to really start believing God for more, and you're going to need God to meet you more. So if you don't want to be stretched in your life, if you want to live the the comfortable Christian life, don't don't pray this. Don't pray big prayers. Don't open your mouth wide to God. Pray little prayers. I just want to get by, Lord. I just need, you know, I just want to be happy. I want to have me a good job and just be happy with my life and what I'm doing with my life. You'll be happy and comfortable, but there'll be something in your heart that's going to be saying no the whole time. There's going to be something in your heart that's not going to be satisfied, and it's going to be your fault. It ain't going to be the church's fault, it's going, and it's not going to be God's fault, and it's not going to be your spouse's or friends. It's going to be you. It's going to be what you have created for yourself through through what you've prayed and what you've believed God for. Are y'all okay? Yeah. I know y'all don't like this, but this is what Jesus said. <laughs> 1232, do not fear, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And he said that in the context of prayer. And what if really is God, that God is, is, is blessed, God is encouraged when we push the envelope with him, when we stretch out there. What if God really wants us to do that? What if that makes God happy? Like, look at that dude. He is praying ridiculous, over-the-top prayers. He's not being presumptuous. He's not being foolish. He is pleasing me because I said it was my pleasure 
to give the kingdom. And my pleasure is to release it to people who are willing to step out there and begin to believe me to do something beyond where they've been in life and to receive something beyond. And I really believe the Lord is really calling us into that now. We went through a season where our best prayer was get through the day, right? Hope nothing bad happens. Or nothing worse happens if the bad had happened. Lord, if we can just get through with some, uh, some other bad news not coming, we'll be had a good day. Lord, if we could just wake up this morning and not get a terrible phone call this day, that would be an awesome day. That was that season. That season's over. God has said, no, I don't live that way no more. You need to start believing for something more. That's what I really believe. Let me read this Psalm 37 verse 4. Y'all good? Yes. Oh, mercy, Lord. Delight yourself. This is from the Amplified Version. This is a famous scripture, but I love this. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and petitions yes. of your heart. The desires and petitions. How many people in here have secret desires that you would like the Lord? How many people have got secret desires that are so crazy to you that you would be embarrassed to talk about them? I'm not talking about they're sinful. I'm talking about you're just, you, you just think, good Lord, I can't tell nobody I really want to do this. People would look at me and say, you're a fool. You're an idiot if you think God would do that with you. Well, I'm going to tell you something. This is why I love this. I had a secret desire in my life for years. And you know what? I would not tell a soul because I was embarrassed to. I was humiliated to. Because one, I didn't believe I could do it. And two, I didn't believe nobody would believe it. So I was scared to tell it, and it was to be a pastor. I felt like God put that in my heart. But I wouldn't tell nobody for a really long time because I was scared if I told anybody they would laugh in my face. Like, seriously? You are never, you would never make a pastor. You wouldn't make a pimple on a pastor's nose. <laughs> One time I, when I was in engineer world, I have to tell you this. I, I won't say it exactly the way he said it. There was this guy there. He was an older guy. So they brought me around, and I was this young engineer. You know, young engineers think they know everything. Okay? Old engineers know how stupid they are. <laughs> so they introduced me to this guy, and he was sort of a brash guy. Turned out he was a very brilliant guy, so he, he could be brash because he, he was amazing. And they introduced me to him, and he looked at me. This is with the boss man standing right there, introducing me, the new engineer on the block. And he used a four-letter word. And said, you would not make an engineer, a, a pimple on an engineer's three-letter word, which has to do with where you sit. And turn around and walked off. That's encouraging. Yeah, it was really encouraging. I thought, who is going to mean that guy? Don't pay no attention. He's working for you. That's what my boss said. He's under you. Don't, don't worry about him. He'll help you. But the guy did finally up, wound up loving me. And, but I... That's the way I felt about being a pastor, honestly. I didn't feel like I could do it. I didn't believe in myself. And you see, we got these things in us, these secret desires that we're, we're, we feel stupid about. We don't really want to, but the Bible tells us those desires, God has put those things in. See, God has put impossible things in us. See, that's the thing. It was an impossibility for me to do that in the natural. I, I wasn't trained to be, I wasn't called, I wasn't anointed and elected by the people to be a pastor. You see what I'm saying? It was something God did. Okay? It was something that he did. But I didn't, I had to change, I had to not let the culture tell me this is who you are, this is what you can't do. I, you, you, are you getting this? 
And you see, God wants to draw those secret things out of your heart. And he wants you to put them on the table with him. He wants you to begin to speak those things to him. And tell him, this is how I feel, Lord. I feel stupid telling you, Lord. I feel like I'm supposed to, that you call me to be a pastor. I don't know why. I know, Lord, I'm making a big mistake telling you that. You know, that's how I even prayed to God sometimes. I think we're all like that. We have things in us. But the Lord wants to draw those things out of us and us to begin to talk to God about those things. And once you start talking to God about it, you start talking to yourself about it. And once you talk to yourself about it, you start talking to other people about it. That's what I did. I found just a few people like, well, if they laugh, you know, I know they love me. Right? I found a few people I knew loved me. They would just be nice in their life and they'd be gentle in their life and they wouldn't just ridicule me. Yeah, and a few more people. Then I finally went to people who I knew what they said really went. And finally, the last, one of the last people I went to tell was my daddy, who I just really hated to tell my daddy this. I hated to. It was, I had to just, you know, take all the courage I could to tell him. And he said, I think I've told you this. I always knew that. I always knew that. See, God... I'm telling you, God wants us to, someone gave me this scripture, making out this scripture this week. This is Psalm 20, verse 4. May he grant, this is amazing. Listen, God wants to do this. God wants to do something for you. God wants to do something beyond the normal for everybody. And all he's looking for, people who open their mouth. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. That's the kind of praying God's calling us into. That kind of praying instead of this measly get by prayer. You all right? Yeah. Well, I better finish, huh? Because I'm out of time. But I wanted to read one of the most outrageous prayers in all the earth. Actually, it's in James 5. It starts in verse 16. It's the end of verse 16 says, Is the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much? The effective, fervent prayer. Of a righteous man avails much. That's what it says. Then it says, listen, let me give you an example of a prayer, an outrageous prayer, an outrageous prayer, a prayer that nobody in their right mind would pray unless they had something burning in their heart from God. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. In other words, Elijah was just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. I mean, that's outrageous. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. That's a prayer, right? I mean, good Lord. I don't even know if he told the Lord how long not to pray. But it had, he had to get the rain back. It didn't rain for three years. Imagine what it would be like here, three years and six months. We were, when we were in China, we went to a place that hadn't rained in a couple years. And you wouldn't have believed how it felt there and what the soil looked like there. It was like, it was beyond like dust. It was beyond like powder. So it was incredibly dry. Incredibly dry. So three years and six months, you know, it was you, that, total devastation. Especially in, in the land of Israel, which depends on rain to live. To refer, you know, replenish the ground. And so he didn't pray. And then he prayed and it rained. It says, and the heaven gave rain, the earth produced its fruit. 
I believe outrageous prayers, as long as we're praying something beyond just self, beyond just satisfying me and you, when we begin to pray outside of that, I believe God will hear those prayers. That's the kind of prayers that James says doesn't, doesn't gets answered, is the prayers that are not just about me and about just my life and about what's happening just with me or just my ministry or just my church or just my this, my that. But when we can begin to pray that, but you know what, Lord, guess what? I would like for you to triple my income because I, I know a lot of people don't have no income and I could help them have an income. I could, you know, if that's, if that's where your heart is. Whatever it is, if your heart is truly where you can say to the Lord, you see, being a pastor is not being a pastor. If, if you want to be a pastor and it's about yourself, you're an idiot because it's, you will be destroyed. It will eat your life away. Someone once said pastors are the most, you know, they got to be the most wimpy people in the world. I thought, I used to think that. When I was a kid, I thought, why would anybody be a pastor? Look at pastors. They're like softies. You know, I remember going in the Boy Scouts and the pastor of the church came and, and we were swimming and he had his swim trunks on and he was white. His legs were like neon white. And I thought, of course they are. He's a pastor. He never goes outside. He doesn't do nothing but sit around inside and do, does nothing with his life. Once I went to the, the I, my dad said, there's a pastor who lives over there. And I had to go to the doorbell. I thought, this is my chance to just bang on the door and act obnoxious because there's a pastor that lives there and he will be a chicken to confront me. Little did I know that pastor was mean. I started ringing the doorbell, ringing. I started bailing. I heard him, stop! I'm coming! I thought, whoa. What I'm saying to you is, what am I saying to you? Lord, help me. I'm saying, I knew when God began, when God put that thing in me, I knew that I was going to give up a normal life. I was going to give up some things I didn't want to give up. I knew I was going to give up a great career and a great income. I knew there was a lot to give up, but I felt like it was something God had that wasn't just about me, but it was about his purposes, about his plans in the earth. And that's why I believe God did it. He didn't do it just to satisfy me. And see, that's how God answers prayers. When we have those things in us, when we can see something bigger than just us. But if we're just thinking about prayer, it's just limited to us, then that's not, God's not interested in that. God will surely meet your needs. He'll surely meet your needs. Because he promised us he would. In fact, let me just tell you this. A lot of people about tithing, they're scared. Oh, if I don't tithe, God won't take it. That's not biblical. That's, that's ridiculous to even think that way. God's going to take care of, of people. You know, he's going he's to make sure, you know, you, you're taken care of. But God has a bigger mind. He's got a bigger heart than some of the stupid stuff we've gotten into. Well, I'm going to stop now because y'all are looking at me with a frown on your face. And, but, you know, I believe in giving. I just want to make that clear. But I don't believe in giving to get God to do something to take care of me. I think that's, just, that's making God something that he shouldn't be. If God wants us to really look at things differently. 
And God wants us to not limit him in what he can do in our life. God wants us to open our mouth wide. And God will fill your mouth. When you begin to pray big, God is saying, I want to answer those prayers. Here's what I felt in worship. Remember Elijah was in a cave. He had done some powerful stuff. But then all of a sudden he got scared because somebody threatened him. Some woman, some woman that was pretty powerful herself. Everybody's putting Elijah down because that woman scared him. And I don't think so. It was a spirit that was after him. And he ran away. And he got in a cave. And the Lord showed up and said, what, are you, what were you doing here? And he went through all this rigmarole of God. And, and then the Lord just sort of didn't pay it and asked him again. And, and the Lord wanted to speak to him again. And, you know, the Bible says there was all this commotion, winds, and, you know, hurricanes and fires and, you know, things happening. And then it says there was a gentle breeze. And it says Elijah got up from the cave and walked outside. Okay? See, here's what I saw. I saw people in a cave, people who were discouraged in their life. You know, had served and had failure or whatever, whatever got you there. And I saw some people getting up and walking out of the mouth of the cave because there was a blowing coming. And it was the voice of the Lord to speak to those people again. And God commissioned Elijah at that moment for the, for the remainder of what he was supposed to do with his life. He got a fresh commission from the Lord. Okay? And so I believe this morning, we were saying about the new song, and that was really the Lord. But here's the key. You've got to get up from the back of the cave and walk out there to the front and let that breeze hit you. And when that breeze hits you, you're going to start hearing something from God that's going to bring this new song into your heart. Amen? Amen. Okay, why don't you stand up and I'm going to pray right quick and then I'll put Marlon up here. Okay. Lord, thank you this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Holy. Everybody say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, you have permission. Holy Spirit, you have permission. To speak to me afresh. Here's what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm coming out of the cave. I'm going to come out. And I'm going to let you speak to me. And whatever you speak to me, I'm going to open my mouth wide. And I'm going to begin to pray that. And I'm going to begin to declare that. And I'm going to see a shift. Because I'm not going to stay stuck somewhere. It's time to go on. And I'm making a decision today. I'm going on. And I thank you for that today, Lord. Amen. Yeah, let's keep our hand in the Lord. I was, I was good this morning. So I think it's appropriate for me to finish your prayer. Amen. So I just pray that the Father will absolutely surround you with his presence, the all-around presence, that the Holy Spirit himself will lead into all truth, that Christ himself will lead your footsteps, 
And that he'll make your dreams come true. That he'll make your desires multiply. And that he will make you increasingly and abundantly fruitful. And that his favor will rest on you. That in the things that you touch, that they will leave the residue of God himself on it. That your family members that are gone will come back. That they will return home. And that heaven will always be open to you and receive you all day long. We all say, amen. If the ministry team can come up here and if you need any father prayer, absolutely. They will lay hands on you and give you what you need. You all may be dismissed.